I'd like to wish everyone a very Merry Christmas. So we are, have at this Mass the, the third Mass, Christmas, because as you know, there are three Masses. This is the third and the final Mass, Christmas Day. And the epistle is taken from St. Paul's letter to the Hebrews. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, last of all in these days has spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world, who being the brightness of his glory and the figure of his substance and upholding all things by the word of his power, making purgation of sins, sits on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he has inherited a more excellent name than they. For to which of the angels has he said at any time, Thou art my son, today I have begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings in the first begotten into the world, he says, And let all the angels of God adore him. And to the angels indeed, he says, He that makes his angels spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire. But to the Son, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever, a scepter of justice is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved justice and hated iniquity. Therefore God thy God has anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou in the beginning, O Lord, didst found the earth, and the works of thy hands are the heavens. They shall perish, but thou shalt continue. And they shall all grow old as a garment, and as a vesture thou shalt change them. And they shall be made changed, but thou art the selfsame, and thy years shall not fail. Please stand for the gospel. The gospel is taken from the beginning of the gospel of St. John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was made nothing that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men, and the life and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to give testimony of the light that all men might believe through him. He was not the light, but was to give testimony of the light. That was the true light which enlightens every man that comes into this world. He was in the world. And the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave power to be made sons of God, to them that believe in his name, who are born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh, and dwelt amongst us, and we saw his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and of truth. Please be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. My dear faithful, all that glitters is not gold. Often have you heard this told. These are the words that were read by the Prince of Morocco on a scroll in Shakespeare's play, The Merchant of Venice. He has wanted to marry the beautiful Portia, and he's presented with three caskets, one gold, one silver, and one lead. 
And he has to choose which one he thinks contains the picture of this woman, Portia. And when he opens the, the gold, he chooses the gold casket. And when, when he opens the gold casket, he finds, to his disappointment, not the picture of Portia in the casket, but instead a skull. And in the eye socket of the skull is this scroll that he reads. And it rebukes him for judging according to appearances and not judging according to reality. The outside of the casket is very beautiful, but the inside contains death. And what happened to this poor Prince of Morocco happens so often to us in this life. We have a tendency to judge reality just by the appearances. The appearances are meant to be a sign to us of the real reality, the inner reality, the essence of things. But sometimes the externals that we are looking at are deceitful. They're misleading. They're meant to be a sign of what the true essence of the thing is. But sometimes the appearances do not actually represent that essence. They give a false sign. We can fall for that false sign. And when this is the case, and I'm, I'm afraid this is, happens a, a lot in, in human life, we have to make a greater effort in order to discover the truth. It's harder to discover the truth. And there's two reasons for this. First of all, if the appearances are deceiving and they don't give an accurate representation of the reality of things, that internal reality that is the true reality, then you're going to have to do make more effort in order to find the truth. You have to be willing to work harder than you normally do in order to find the truth. Um, you're, you're going to have to investigate. Perhaps you're going to have to do some research. Um, you're definitely going to have to go beyond what you normally do in order to discover the true reality. The second reason why it's difficult when appearances are deceiving is because of the fact that so many people just judge by appearances. And we have this tendency as, as human beings to want to sort of associate ourselves with the common opinion. The common opinion has a lot of power with human beings. And that's why we speak of so-called groupthink. You know, when, when you have a lot of people um, who form this superficial opinion, and that's the truth for them, and then they put a lot of pressure on everybody else to conform to that truth or to believe that truth, to support that quote-unquote truth, then those who are going to go beyond the appearances, they have to be willing to sacrifice human respect and perhaps adopt a different opinion. This year has, the 2020 has been particularly challenging and confusing in regard to distinguishing appearances from the truth. I think especially of this pandemic that we've had, the, the coronavirus, where we have to say um, at this juncture, at the end of the year, that there was, there was an excessive overreaction to this virus. It is a real virus. But what we know now indicates that there was no need to have um, this reaction that, that had never been seen before where uh, we 
we quarantine the healthy, we, we lock down our entire economy. At the beginning, they were predicting, they were having putting these data models out, they were predicting that 2.2 million people in the United States would die from this virus, and 40 million people in the United States would die from this virus. We ourselves here in St. Isidore's, we were taking measures to, to take the precautions necessary um, for a virus that was that deadly. We, uh, as you recall, I'm sure you recall, those months when we didn't have any holy water and the holy water fountains, uh, we were keeping sick, strict social distancing in the pews. And then when we were distributing communion, we were, uh, the priests were purifying their fingers between households so as not to pass a disease from, from one household to the other. But as time went on, it became very clear that the, the mortality rate of this virus is not greater than that of, of a bad flu. Um, we, as they say, are now at the end of the year, and it seems like the increase of mortality this year will be at about 1.2%. And that, in fact, has been the increase in mortality for the past six years, since 2014. That's generally been the rate of increase of the number of people who die per capita in the United States. And so at the end of the day, Though this is a real virus, it, uh, the reaction to it was overinflated because the experts wanted to make sure that, that the virus lived up to its reputation. Um, the CDC even created a new category called PIC where they, they took pneumonia P, influenza I, and COVID C, and they lumped them into all one category and they called it all COVID. You can even look on the Colorado website for COVID, and you will see there a graph that represents the incidence of flu for this year. And in March, the, the, the number of flu cases goes down to zero, and it remains at zero for the rest of the year because they're no longer diagnosing flu. It's all, whether it's pneumonia or influenza or COVID, it's all said to be covid all along, I mean, it, it seemed, well, at least in those initial months, we, we had the impression we were, we were saving lives. Um, but we really have to wonder at this point how much, in fact, we were destroying lives by our attempts to save lives because of the fact that in the, in the demographic of the ages of 25 to 44, there's, there's been a lot of ex excess deaths. They're up by 26%. It's not because of a virus. It's because of um, psychological impact of, of the lockdowns, of, of the fact that so many people lost their livelihoods or they had to shut down their businesses or they had no means to support themselves. And that was their whole life. That was their whole livelihood. They turned to drugs, overdosed, or, or they turned to suicide. So the the point the reason why i bring this up is precisely to emphasize this that appearances can be deceiving it's, it can be very shocking for us for instance to to realize that the reaction is so far overblown and yet that reaction has happened all around the world so many people so many leaders around the world have have felt it necessary to react in this way and the appearances were that this was the, the right thing to do that it made sense but it turns out that it really, we speak truly, 
didn't make a lot of sense. This is how, well, I mean, while while this is shocking on the one hand, on on the other hand, I I don't think we should be too surprised. Um, The world has always been that way. Um, The the sort of hero of of Shakespeare's Merchant of Venice, a man by the name of Bassanio, who, who opens the right casket, the lead casket, so in fact, the lead casket is the right one, the, the cheapest casket. He, he says before he opens the casket, he sort of gives the principle of the choice that he makes. He is looking at the caskets and he says, so may their outward shows be least themselves. The world is still deceived with ornament. These outward appearances the world so often takes for the reality are often least themselves. They don't really correspond to truth. This is so important for us to judge, especially when we want to pursue happiness, when we're looking for happiness in this life, trying to figure out how to attain our goal. The world puts before us all these means to attain happiness that only apparently give happiness and in reality give sadness. Think about the advertising industry. How much is the distance between what is promised and what is delivered in these products that we buy? How often you watch an advertisement and it seems like if you just buy this product, you're going to be so happy. This product is going to do so much for you. It's going to make you such a happy person that you get the product and find out that after a week... You're no longer using it. You're kind of tired of it. It didn't deliver what it was supposed to deliver. Or how often we have this appearance today, or it's portrayed to us, that if you just keep informed, then you will be happy. If you just remain in the loop. So uh, modern media provides you so many opportunities to, quote-unquote, stay connected. And so people go on on their Twitter feeds or their Facebook feeds or their Instagram feeds, and they just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And there's text and images and news stories, and it just keeps going and going, and there's no end to it. The feed is infinite, and we have this impression that we're feeding our soul, we're somehow nourishing our soul and making ourselves happy to the degree that that we keep scrolling, we often find that we're left emptier and emptier. We're not discovering happiness by keeping in the loop. Third way, and perhaps the most scandalous one I I mentioned, in which the modern world sort of apparently promises people happiness is through Female nakedness, which is practically everywhere today, inviting women to uncover themselves, show themselves to men, and um, by being seen, attaining happiness, or men by seeing them, attaining happiness. In fact, it's not the case. It's not the case. Um, pornography, um, nudity, is, is not make people deeply satisfied and happy in this life. And in fact, this overload of sensuality today 
brings people a very deep sadness. In the end, my dear faithful, there is so much in this world that is illusory. And if you judge only by the appearances, if you just stop at the appearances, you will be deceived. You will be very mistaken and you will make the wrong choices in your life. If you are here today on Christmas, it is in order to give homage to the Christ child. It's because you believe that our Lord Jesus Christ is God. That while the world, what we find in this continually recurring pattern, that there's always this big difference, big distance between the appearances and the reality, such that the appearances are always much bigger than what they actually are. They try to be, go far beyond what they can actually deliver. When we come to our Lord, it's the exact opposite. Our Lord always seems so much less than he actually is. You could almost say infinitely less than he actually is. Look at this scene that we have in the crash. We have there a little child who seems to be helpless when in fact he has all power. You have a child who seems to be totally impoverished when in fact he is the richest of all. You have a child who's wrapped in these swaddling clothes that bind him up so that he cannot move. He's immobile. It seems like he has the least freedom of anybody. And in fact, it is he who is the one who moves heaven and earth. For those who want to find him, they have to be, have this ability to look beyond the appearances. Just like in, in this play, The Merchant of Venice, the, the father of Portia, he wants to set up a situation so that the one who marries his daughter will be a profound man who will have this ability to look beyond the appearances, who will not judge superficially. So it is with God. And he comes, and the only people who are going to find him and adore him are those who are able to see past the mere sensual appearance of things. We will recognize that even though he's poor, He's so tiny. He's so constricted by these swaddling bands. In fact, he is God. He is the one who has given me everything that I have. Because of this, because we believe this, because we believe that our Lord is our God, this is why we love Mass so much. This is why we come to Mass. This is why, hopefully, the Mass is the very center of our lives. In the Mass, it's, we may say even worse than in the crib in Bethlehem. The distance, that infinite distance between appearance and reality is even greater because our Lord is not present here at this Mass. 
in his normal appearance of human nature. But he's, appearing, he's here under the appearance, appearances of inanimate matter, of bread and wine. And yet, we believe. We come. We worship him. We believe that God himself is contained, is offered, is received at every Mass. And that that is more important than anything else that happens in this world. There is nothing more important than that, than to have God himself present on our altars, to adore him, to receive him into ourselves, to offer him to the Eternal Father. That is the true reality. So, my dear faithful, on this Christmas of 2020, let us make that effort to see beyond the appearances, to know the true reality of things in this life. Let us especially do that by doing two things. First of all, that we try to continue this process that must continue throughout our whole life of dematerializing ourselves, of purging ourselves from that spirit of the world, of that sensuality that blinds and makes people unable to see the truth, unable to see the real light, and so guide their lives. And then secondly, to try to stand in that light of Christ by assisting at Mass as devoutly as possible, as often as we come to Mass, to believe, to adore, to receive our Lord as fervently as possible, so that when you receive our Lord here in a few minutes at this Christmas Mass, that especially you ask Him for that wisdom. He is the wisdom of God become incarnate so that He can come into you and impart to you that true light to help you see with the eyes of God Himself to help you judge truly, judge justly in all that you do. Ask our Lord to guide you to be your soul guide in this life so that if you have him as your way, the light that he gives you, that light that's mentioned in, the, in this gospel of the third mass, will direct you all throughout your days. And then finally, when you pass from this life, you will be able into, to enter into that eternal light where God, the source of all reality, resides, and so be happy with him forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.